Uncourt is a small village situated in Lancashire in the northwest of England, and it is located towards the east of Accrington. With a population of just over 4,000 people at the time of the 2011 census, it seems the village has always been a small residential area, as census records show us that only 598 people lived within the boundaries back in 1851, and because of the low numbers of residents, crime has never really been an issue. However, today's story takes us back to Wednesday the 24th of December 1856, and into the inquest of our young girl's body was pulled from an old pit situated on the yards from her own backyard the week before on Friday the 19th of December. At the Whitaker's Arms Inn, Mr H.W. Argreaves opened the proceedings on the body of Alice Nuttall, a 13-year-old girl who was found drowned in a pit near High Break Mill on Friday 19th of December. The pit from where her body was removed was roughly 18 yards long and 5 to 6 yards wide. It was also only 25 yards away from where Alice had lived at High Break Terrace. At around 6.10pm, Esther Smith was making her way home to High Break Terrace after finishing work at the nearby mill. Now she was being accompanied by John Nuttall, who was also employed at the same mill as her. And after arriving at Nuttall's house, which was only what, five minutes walk at best? She saw her sister, Alice, standing and talking to Alice Nuttall at the bottom of a flag steps, leaning away from the house. Now Alice Smith was holding a jug which their father had given to her upon leaving work. Waving at both girls, Esther continued on her way home, which was only a few doors up from that of John Nuttall. Ten minutes later, Alice Smith, in a state of panic came rushing into the house. She was wet from head to foot, her brow covered in green slime. Oh mother, two men have drawn us through the pit. Go after Alice, they've taken her. Now in the house were Anne and James Smith, mother and father to both Esther and Alice. Also a lodger by the name of John Banks was also in the room. Upon seeing their daughter in such a frantic state and after hearing the story, James as well as John both immediately left the house taking a candle with them. Outside they managed to gather several other men, quickly telling them to be on the lookout for any strange characters that may be lurking around as, of course, these could be the same men that have taken both his daughter and that of Alice Nuttall. The pit, as already mentioned, was only a few yards away from the house, but because of his running, the wind soon blew out the candle James was carrying. Now knowing he would get nowhere without any light, he quickly ran back and this time picked up a lantern. Upon arriving at the pit, the first thing James had noticed was the jug Alice was holding when Esther had last seen her, and after a little searching, both men found the body of young Alice Nuttall, submerged in a small pool of water. James quickly managed to drag her to the side, but it was too late. Alice was already dead upon his arrival. Picking up her lifeless body, both men then made their way back to where Alice lived with her mother and her father. James would later recall at the inquest that he himself, after leaving work, had heard the voices of two lads who were behind a wall. They were making gurgling noises with their mouths. He remarked to his wife that it was a strange noise they were making, and even stranger they were in the dark and behind the wall. He would also go on to say that he thought the lads were sodding, which meant a term meaning throwing insults at each other. It was only after he had lit his pipe and had sat down, that it was perhaps only around 8-10 to 10 minutes shortly after that his daughter Alice came running into the house. At around half past 6 that same evening, Edward Holt, a bookkeeper at High Break Mill, had only just left the factory to make his way home. On his way he had to walk past the pit when he thought he heard a girl's voice beside a row of houses nearby. 
As many children played in that area, he didn't think too much of it and carried on with his journey. Shortly after, he came across three young men near Brown Burke's farm who, it seemed, were heading towards the mill he had just left, but he couldn't make out who they were as they didn't look familiar to him. It was only when he returned home in Accrington that he would hear the shocking news of a young girl's body being dragged from the same pit he had walked past only 40 minutes prior. Now, one of the first people to be questioned at the inquest would be that of Esther Smith, sister of Alice, and one of the first witnesses to see both Alice, her sister, and that of Alice Nuttall only minutes after finishing work. Now, as already mentioned, she saw both of them as she passed John Nuttall's house, but it's what happened once Alice Nuttall's body had been discovered and when her father James arrived back home moments later. Esther recalled Alice being questioned on the event, saying that upon both her mother and father arriving back home, they began to ask her, Alice, questions. Alice replied saying how two men had grabbed both her and Alice Nuttall, with one of them putting his hand to her mouth before carrying her over the stile to the back of the wall. He then put his finger into her mouth and jowled her teeth open. Once open, he then put a hard ball inside her mouth. Her throat smarted, but she managed to get the ball out. At this time, she had been thrown into the pit and had begun taking some of the filthy water. And when questioned about Alice Nuttall, she told her parents that she could not say anything about her other than she heard her call out, Oh, mother! Alice Smith would then tell her parents that she had tried to help Alice Nuttall out of the pit, but one man pushed her back with his foot, which she put on top of her head. She then heard a noise and called out, Oh, mother, are you coming? At which point the two men ran away. Now, when asked how she had gotten safely out of the pit, she told her parents that she managed to grab hold of a thorn and that she had crept on her hands and knees to the gateway for fear of the men seeing her. She had her frock pinned up and her working brat on. Her skirt and brat and hands were dirty. Alice also told Esther that the men did not attempt to ill-treat either of the two girls, but had told them that when they took them up, we will be shut of your devils. Next to be questioned was that of Jane Nuttall, Alice's mother. She would tell the inquest of how her daughter and Alice Smith had been good friends for around two years, and she had never heard them quarrel. She would also tell of how often they walked together, not only to and from work, but also when they had any time together. And as for the evening when this terrible event had taken place, she would tell of how she was in the house when Anne Smith, sister of Alice, came running in, telling her to go to the pit as Alice, her daughter, was missing. She immediately left the house and went straight to the home of James Smith, where she found Alice Smith lying on the kitchen floor with her clothes all wet. It was then that she left the Smith's house and went with James and John Banks to the pit. Upon arriving and after calling out, she returned home after getting no reply, leaving both James and John to carry on searching. Superintendent Carswell would take to the stand. He would go on to say that he first saw Alice Smith at her father's house when she was in bed. Her mother Anne was present together with a police sergeant. He then asked to see Alice's clothes. When questioned about the two men, Alice stated that they both had white top coats on, but she could not recognise them again as she did not see their faces. She told Superintendent Carswell that she could not scream as she was thrown into the pit, and the men had put a ball in her mouth, which she swallowed, but it burned her throat. She got out of the pit by taking hold of a thorn. And when questioned about why her dress happened to be dry at the top, Alice replied saying, The man dragged me through the pit. Carswell would tell at the inquest that despite the police having made extensive inquiries, they could not find any persons answering the description of the men, who Alice had described as looking like stonemasons. Mr Kennedy Jill, surgeon from Accrington, said he had examined both Alice Nuttall as well as Alice Smith. Now interestingly, he found no marks on Alice Smith, except for a slight scratch on one arm, 
which she was satisfied had been caused by a thorn, but she had a feverish symptom from her being in the water, and she complained of pain in her side. There was no sand in her hair, as there would have been had she been immersed, her ears were also clean. There were several scratches on the outside of both elbows of the deceased Alice Nuttall, which had been produced by a thorn. There was also a scratch on the nose, but he could not tell how this had been caused. And strangely, however, there didn't seem to be any marks of violence on either girl. After hearing from other witnesses, such as James Smith and John Banks, the inquiry was adjourned until Monday 5th of January to give time for the police to make further investigations. The adjourned inquest was held at the house of Mrs Sutcliffe, proprietor of the commercial inn Accrington, before Mr H.W. Hargreaves, the deputy coroner. Esther Smith, sister of Alice, in answer to the coroner, repeated much of what she had already said at the original inquest that took place on the 24th of December, but this time she would mention that Alice had told her that the men came from the wall near to their house. This was the only added information she could mention. Alice's father, James, would also add that the wall Esther had spoke about was about 8 or 10 yards from their house, and the boys that he had heard were not more than that distance from him. He would also tell at the inquest that his daughter had always been a good girl and well instructed when it came to religion, and yet he thought that the tale she had told him was a strange one. And when asked about the noise he had heard coming from behind the wall on the evening of the tragedy, he said he was satisfied it had come from the two boys. He would also tell the jury that Alice had told him the following morning that one of the men who had grabbed the girls had come from the end of their houses, whilst the second man came from the wall in front of the houses. Police Sergeant William Sutton would be next to be questioned, and he would tell the jury that he had visited Alice Smith on the night of the occurrence when she was in bed. When asked what had happened, Alice told him that both Alice and Alice Nuttall were standing at Nuttall's door talking about buying neckties from Accrington when two tall men came up to them. They had white top coats on. One seized Alice Nuttall and the other man grabbed Alice Smith. The one who seized her, Alice Smith, put his hand over her mouth. He doubled her up with her feet towards her head. He then carried her through the stile and put something into her mouth, as already mentioned. He then threw her into the pit, but as she tried to get out, the man came to the side and kicked her in the head, knocking her back into the water again. And when asked about the object placed inside her mouth and what had happened to it, Alice told Police Sergeant Sutton that she had sucked on the water in the pit and it fell out. The police sergeant then asked Alice what had happened to Alice Nuttall and she replied saying that the other man threw her into the pit and when she tried to get out he kicked her many times and then got hold of her legs and feet and held her in the water. Police sergeant Sutton then told the jury that he had made all possible inquiries since the tragedy but had no tidings of any such men as to what Alice Smith had described and he believed he saw no probability of obtaining any further information. John Grimsaw, manufacturer, was next to give evidence. He told the jury that he had lived near the mill and that the mill was his property. Having seen the pit in where Alice Nuttall was found drowned, he believed the present depth of water would be between 3 and 4 feet deep. The soft mud at the bottom would be at least 6 feet deep and he had seen a pole buried at least 12 feet deep in the middle. He also told the jury that he did not think that if a man ever got into the middle, he would be able to get out again on account of the soft mud. He had visited the pit again on the night of the tragedy, a little before 8 o'clock, and this is when the lights of the mill were out, and though it was a dark night, he could see from the centre of the houses to the end of any object, such as a man or a boy, quite well. And James Nuttall's house he could see quite well as far as the stile. Edmund Riley, 13-year-old boy who worked at the same mill as Alice Smith and Alice Nuttall, would also be questioned. 
and he would tell the jury that he had seen both girls leaving the mill at around 6.10pm. He also told the jury that to get home both girls would have to go through the field and that they did not return. He thought he would have seen them had they returned as he himself was still at the mill until he left at around 6.30pm. He also told the jury that at no point did he ever see any two men described by Alice Smith. The deputy coroner at the conclusion of the evidence observed that if the jury believed the evidence of Alice Smith they would have to return a verdict of willful murder against some persons unknown. However, he did observe that the story Alice had told was so improbable that it would require very grave consideration before returning a verdict. If the jury did not believe her version of events, then she herself would seem to be implicated, but evidence against her was not sufficient to implicate her. He would also tell the jury that it was possible the girls had been playing together and Alice Nuttall may have been pushed into the pit by accident. Mr Hargreaves only mentioned this in case the jury did not credit the statement given by Alice Smith in regards to the two men, and after a short time deliberating and on their return, the jury delivered a verdict in the following terms. The jury all agreed that Alice Nuttall's death was caused by drowning, but in the absence of all violence and apparent motive, there is no evidence to show whether she accidentally fell or was thrown into the pit. The deputy coroner replied saying that their statement was equal to a verdict of found drowned, which the verdict was recorded as. He then addressed the father of Alice Smith, telling him that the verdict showed that the jury disbelieved his daughter's statement, and that it was his duty and that of the girl's mother to question her about it, to get her to tell the whole truth, for it was important that the mystery in which the case was made should be cleared up. So the case remains a mystery and will most likely remain unsolved. Were both Alice Nuttall and Alice Smith abducted by two men wearing white top coats and thrown into the mile pit just yards from the front door of the houses they both lived at? None of the witnesses questioned during the inquest saw anyone matching the description given by Alice Smith, despite many people still walking the area at the time of the so-called abductions. You do have to question Alice Smith's story and wonder why she would tell a tale that is seemingly flawed. What was she hiding? Had she and Alice Nuttall fallen out, with Smith possibly pushing Alice Nuttall into the pit? Or, perhaps, they had been lurking around and Alice Nuttall may have fallen into the pit, with Smith trying her best to pull her friend out? Perhaps we will never get to the truth, and we will never get to the real reason as to the death of poor Alice Nuttall. Alice Nuttall's body was interred at St James's Church, Altham, on Christmas Day, 1856. She was just 13 years old. So I hope you enjoyed listening to this latest tale from our dark but illustrious past. If you did like it, don't forget to comment down below. Um, give me your thoughts and your opinions on this story. Was Alice Smith implicated in the death of poor Alice Nuttall? What was she hiding? And did two men abduct the girls? Like I said, chances are we'll probably never ever know. But if you did like it, like I said, comment down below, give me your thoughts. And in the meantime, take care, look after yourselves, and I will be back soon with another tale from the past.
finally, before we finish today's story, um, I would like to mention the Helmshaw Rail Crash Memorial um, that um, we have set up for 2022. We are trying to raise a thousand pound to pay for a cast iron plaque. Uh, and this plaque will be erected on the 4th of September 2022 to coincide with the anniversary um, of a disastrous rail crash that took place in Helmshore. Uh, and Helmshore is a place where I live at the moment. Now, we've already had some donations and as promised, we said we would name everybody who wants their names made public because when people donate, you can obviously be anonymous. Uh, but for every podcast that we do throughout this year, we will name all the contributors and we cannot thank these people enough. But so far, I'd like to thank Anthony Mulligan, Anthony Smith, David Barlow, the Helmshaw Post Office, Philip Astin, Rich Marks, and Storm Truthseeker. Absolutely fantastic. Um, we can't thank you enough, as I've just said. If people would like to donate to a good cause, and hopefully we can raise the £1,000 for the memorial, please visit our website at www.daysofhorror.com where all the links which will take you to the GoFundMe page will be available. But again, many, many, many sincere thanks to all those who have donated already and a big shout out to those who may have donated since this obviously podcast has been recorded. Again, we can't thank you enough. 